0: bullshit. Johnstown loses a sports legend. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich, CEO and founder of Mass Solutions, the world's only no bullshit marketing firm. Carlton Hasselrig of Johnstown has passed away, and he's someone that I've known throughout most of my life, and my brother knew even more intimately as a reporter the Johnstown Tribune Democrat, but also as the sports information director at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown when Carlton was there. And Carlton Hasselrig is just one of the most amazing stories that there ever can be told about a human being. And yet he was humble and didn't like to have his story told. And that's why he's not a household name. In fact, ESPN reached out years ago to ask to do a 30 for 30 on carlton and he told them no and that pretty much typifies the humbleness of carlton hasselrig he was an amazing athlete he would say things like bet on me and you knew to bet on him what is the story of carlton hasselrig he grows up in johnstown in an economically depressed area during a tough economic time. He's going to Greater Johnstown High School, which is a uh, city school district and a school that does many things well but has an unfair reputation uh, that uh, that we've always tried to help change because they do a lot of good. But Carlton grew up going to Greater Johnstown High School, and they didn't have a wrestling program there. He played football, was a very good football player, and just a tremendous athlete. He was The thing that always impressed me about Carlton is he would say these phrases in the heat of the moment, and these phrases, I've heard stories from close friends, I've been witness to some of these stories, I've heard stories from my brother, but he had a phrase that I used as a coach, I just would tell my teams the whole story about Carlton that I'm about to tell you, and he had this phrase that he said, somebody's got to win, why not us? And I loved using that as a coach because if you're overthinking things, which many of us do in the heat of the moment in a athletic endeavor, what a Carlton could do is snap you out of it. And that phrase could snap my teams out of it because the reality is this. When you're battling and it's a close game, somebody does have to win. So somebody's got to win. Why not us? Forget about all the other bullshit and just go out and win the damn game. So Carlton didn't have a high school wrestling program. He decided to continue training for wrestling and petition the PIAA, the Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association, to allow him to compete in the state playoffs without having wrestled a single match. And he ends up getting approved to do that and proceeds to win the state title. Think about that. He was going up against other wrestlers who had 30 matches that year, maybe a 100 in their career. He wins them all. He wins every match, and he wins the state wrestling championship. Without having really a high school coach, a high school program, he had people helping him out, but he didn't have the benefit that every other wrestler that competed in that state qualification, that state finals had. And that was Carlton. Bet on me. Then he decides to go play football at a Division II school when he's unhappy. You would talk to him at a party uh, in the s- summer or during that year, and he'd say he wasn't happy. He decides to transfer back to the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown, back to Johnstown, to the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown, where they had a really good wrestling coach, uh, actually Hall of Fame wrestling coach by the name of Pat Pacora, who was already doing great things. But once he got Carleton, the two of them took that program To national prominence. What Carlton did as a wrestler at the Division 2 level is unparalleled and will never be matched. Is that hyperbole? No. Carlton won the national championship three times at the Division 2 level and three times at the Division 1 level. He won six national championships collegiate national championships. It will never be done again because there is a rule called the Carlton-Hasselrig rule that the NCAA instituted after Carlton graduated. You can no longer compete at multiple levels. So no one will ever win six national titles in any sport in the NCAA. There's one person that did, and his name is Carlton-Hasselrig. So I've already told you some rags to riches to rags to riches, et cetera, that cliche about rags to riches. And what rags to riches really means is you you were in a tough situation, you fought fought your way out of it, and you got to the riches, you got to the promised land. Well, Carlton would have this happen again and again, and he also had, he was human, and he had his human frailties, and he had problems that brought him back down, and he'd fight his way back up because he always said, bet on me. So he goes to a high school that doesn't have Wrestling, and he decides to petition the PIAA, and he wins the state championship. He comes from an economically depressed area, tough upbringing. He goes to college. It doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. He's playing college football. doesn't work out. Do you know how many athletes don't play college sports? Years ago, I looked up the stat, and it was something like 6% of high school athletes go on to play in college. Of that 6%, I think the majority of them quit after one year. And the majority don't play at the high level. So when he was done with that first year and came back to Johnstown to go to the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown, you know, the assumption was, all right, didn't work out. So he was, comes from the tough beginning, hits the top by winning that state championship, goes to play football in college. He's back down again. Comes back to UPJ, becomes a wrestler and wins six national championships. They have that strong program that goes to the whole next level, and that program was built around Pat and Carlton Hasselrig. He was one hundred forty three, two and one. Those three numbers, think about them again. One hundred and forty-three wins, two losses and a draw, one hundred forty-three, two and one as a UPJ wrestler. They come up with the Carlton Hasselrig rule, which prevents him from Having the, uh, prevents anyone else from matching Carlton and being able to compete at multiple national championship levels at multiple classifications of Division II and Division I. He then runs into a little bit of controversy at UPJ. He gets his name pounded in the media for, uh, being at a party and some bad things happened, but he was, uh, come away from that without being, uh, he was, it was, was, ended up not even being Tried or anything, he was accused of these things, and he was slung mudslinging in the media, and he was down again. But Carlton would never stay down because he knew that he was not uh, involved in these this, these bad things, and he fought through that. And he goes and gets drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers at the time had thought about they'd solve Carlton through Pat Picora and talked to Pat Picora at UPJ, and Pat had told him how strong he was. And if you want to get the details on all this stuff, there's stories written by my brother Mike and Pat Pecora's quoted all over the place. Just a, a great interview is Pat Pecora. And he uh, talked to the Steelers brass, and they decided we're going to take him. And so they drafted him late when there were more rounds in the draft. And we all, you know, congratulated Carlton, high-fived him, had a, had a beer with him, whatever, but didn't really expect much. So then at that time, I was actually working in the media and covering sports, covering Steelers, Pirates, et cetera. So I got to cover them during some of the glory years when Barry Bonds and Bonilla were here on the Pirates side. And the Steelers were not so strong early, but then Cower came and they got to be much stronger. So I'll never forget uh, a colleague of mine driving down on a Sunday to cover the Steelers. And we just got a field pass. I'm not sure how we landed that because normally they just put you in the press box. We got a field pass and Carlton was on the practice squad. And the practice squad, what the practice squad was, was if you didn't make the team, but they thought you had promised, they paid you at that time, I think it was a thousand bucks per game. So I think Carlton was making 16,000 during the season to be on the practice squad, and I remember him talking about the monetary aspect. And I can just remember I got, went to a couple games, and he was allowed to stand on the sideline, and me and my colleague would stand on the sideline with him, and we would just talk and just bullshit, and he was just always this humble guy. He was no different when he was standing on the sideline of the practice squad. Well, you might say, oh, he was only on the practice squad. But to me at that time, I'm like, he's on the practice squad of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he didn't play college football. Let me say that again. He was on the practice squad of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he didn't play college football. Then, about a year later, he ends up starting. We're like Carlton starting, and his nickname was Rig. Rig starting. You believe Riggs is starting? Look at that. Check him out. Then you start hearing from people in the Pittsburgh organization who've had some great offensive linemen saying how Carlton is the most gifted offensive lineman, has the best technique. Then he becomes a pro bowler. He makes the pro bowl. So he's recognized as among the best at his craft at the highest level in the National Football League after not playing college football. Somebody's got to win. Why not us? That's Carlton Hasselrig. But Carlton had some demons like we all do, and he had alcohol. To the max drank a lot and started to have some trouble around that and ended up having to leave the Steelers went to the New York Jets for a season and made all that money in the NFL but wasn't able to um, parlay that as well as he could have but one thing about Carlton was he was always humble always kind would see him after all that happened and he didn't hang his head he would say what's up talk to me and Talk to my brother, talked to some of my other friends. He was still the same Carlton. Well, he started looking at this UFC stuff and he decided at a very advanced age to jump in and do UFC fighting. And he ends up uh, winning a couple of those fights. And because he's former NFL, and because of this background, he's getting a lot of notoriety for this. And we thought he's going to do it again because remember, he always said, Bet on me. And we're thinking, Carlton's going to do it again. (laughs) He's going to go and become this UFC champion. It didn't quite happen that way. He started a little bit too late. But he was just an amazing athletic specimen. And he just had the mindset to win when he was competing. He didn't think overthink things, which is one of the biggest challenges when you get to the highest levels. I always tell people that play for me, there's certain levels where it's easy. You know, there's some people that can do great in fifth, sixth, seventh grade football or basketball. There's other people that can do great in ninth grade basketball. There's other people can do pretty good in high school basketball. There's people who can do great in high school basketball. But each of those people hits a peak where it's going to come down to mental tenacity. And that's where many people who were really good at one level can't take it when they get to the next level. And what Carlton was, was the opposite of that. He just played the same way of whatever sport he was doing, regardless of who he was going against. That's why it didn't surprise my brother or me or Carlton's other close friends that were in my circle when he did the UFC thing. Carlton just believed that he could do it. He had incredible athleticism, incredible commitment to that. But he had those demons earlier in in his life. He then settled down and became a coach and he was well-respected as a coach, and he has wrestlers that uh, love him, uh, youth football players that love him, and uh, Carlton just ended up being the same old Carlton with this humble man, willing to talk to everybody, willing to give back, quick to smile, make people feel comfortable. Well, Carlton died last week at the age of 54, and he will be remembered But you can never take away that they had to make the Carlton Hasselrig rule because of his six national championships at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. I wish he would have allowed them to do a 30 for 30 on him so all of you who are listening to this could have watched this, the way they do that ESPN stuff where they play the music and they show the, the highs and the lows because he had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. But he, he was a winner, and he uh, in many ways was an inspiration, and he was human like all of us. We all have battles that we have to fight, and I just wish he'd have let them do that 30 for 30 because it's such a story, and that's why I tell you it today is we all have a story. Most of our stories aren't quite to the level of Carlton's, but we all have a story And we need to be telling that story about our companies. We need to be telling that story about what we can do to help others when we're selling our services. And just remember Carlton Hasselrig. Remember, bet on me. I've used that phrase for my sons to tell them, you got to believe that. And I've used, somebody's got to win, why not us, in the huddle for my teams over the years. And those are directly attributable to Carlton Hasselrig. And... I don't know what else I can say about him. Thanks for listening to the No BS Marketing Show. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.